The power of the Word of God in our lives. You know, we're encouraging people to, uh, to get into the Word of God. And, uh, you know, they w- remember last week we talked about that recent Barna research that said that 25% of evangelical Protestants um, say that uh, they don't read their Bible daily. Or 25% do, 75% don't. And 35% of, of professing uh, Protestants say they never read their Bible. And so we're praying and believing for uh, a revival of a passion and a heart for the Word of God in our midst. Can you agree with me on that? Lord, stir our hearts, give us a fresh appetite. Amen? Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I believe reading the Bible is righteous. Don't you, don't you agree? And uh, so listen, I want to mention, if you don't have a Bible, we'd be glad to give you one. Just go to the Resource Center and ask them, and, and we'll give you one. Amen? And uh, I used to have this, this big, you know, one of them Bibles that you put on the living room coffee table. And uh, I couldn't understand it. And somebody gave me the book. And it was very easy to understand. And it really helped me. And so I just encourage you, if you don't have one, to go get one. And uh, also, you know, we have these little uh, guides back here on the, in, the, in the resource, not in the res- in the foyer. It's a one-year Bible reading guide. And it's just a way for you to keep track of the books of the Bible that you read. Whenever you finish a chapter, you can just, uh, you know, um, shade it in. And so you can, you'll know whenever you've read through every book of the Bible. You know, what I've found is that uh, my tendency is to keep reading the same book, you know, and and not read the other books. And God's got a message in that book we haven't read yet. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you to do that. And also, um, you know, I use this. I use this one-year Bible. Now, some people don't like it, and that's cool. Um, I use it. Uh, it gives you a little bit of Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, you know. And um, you don't have to read through it in a year, but it gives you a way to just read a little bit of both. You know, keeps you out of getting bogged down in Leviticus, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, so we, we don't give these away. We charge an arm and a leg for these. No, just kidding. But uh, we just sell it for whatever it costs us. But, you know, for some people, you know, this helps. And uh, some people like to read their own Bible, you know, the one they're used to, and that's cool. But, the, but the, the, uh, the point is, whatever works for you, get in the Word of God. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you. And also, um, we have these small group studies. There's Bible studies. You know, there's the Cheerios class for those who are just starting out. There's the New Beginners class. The, that's, that's, you know, the classes that you need to get in. Uh, one's the study of the, the Gospel of John. And, and one's just the very basics of Christianity. You've got to start somewhere. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Jump in and get going. Amen? And, and you know what I found is that, you know, I used to, it just seemed like learning the Bible was so far out there. But how many of you know we can learn the Bible? Amen. Listen, I'm a perfect example. If I can learn it, anybody can learn it. If you went back to Erath and asked my teachers, they'd say, that's the truth right there. But you know what? Um, you know, we, but we have these Bible studies, you know, men's Bible studies. We have Sunday school on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the J building. We have uh, through the Bible on Thursday. We have men's. We have Bible studies so that you can get in there and learn and study the Word of God. Amen? How many of you are willing to get into the Word and just learn the Word? 
And so, uh, hey, listen, you can start your own group. You got a couple of friends, you know, we'll be glad to help you, give you some resources. Just get you a couple of coworkers, family, friends, or whatever, and just start your own group at your house, just the three of you or whatever, and just get into the Bible. Amen? You see, listen, this is the deal. You've heard that story about, about fishing, right? You know, there's this guy... You know, he'd go fishing, and every time he caught fish, he knew this family that was really poor and didn't have much. And so every time they caught fish, they would go by his house, and they would, they would drop off the fish because they knew this might be the only meal that they had. And, you know, they did this over and over again. And so he got to thinking, you know, it would probably be better for me if I didn't just, uh, just bring fish to them. But next time I go fishing, I ought to invite them and show them where my fishing hole is. Show them where my honey hole is. And I need to show him how to fish. Because, you know, if I give him a fish, he'll be hungry tomorrow. If I, if I give him a meal, he's still going to have a need. But if I teach him where the fish are and how to fish, he's going to be fed for a lifetime. And you know what? Listen, I'll give you a fish today when you come to church. I try my best to give you a fish when you come to church and teach you a Bible lesson. But you know what? Tomorrow you'll be hungry again. But if you can get into the Word of God and you can learn how to get a meal on your own, how to fish yourself, you will never starve in your lifetime. You will never be hungry spiritually again in your lifetime. Because when you get hungry, you'll know right where to go to get that meal. Amen? And so that's the whole purpose of this, is to, try to, is to try to get us into the Word of God. So let's continue our series. And we began last week talking about the importance of the Bible. And we said there were four reasons the Bible is important. The, the, the Bible is the only book authored by God. It's the most reliable book in the world, the most miraculous book. And it's got the power to transform your life. Amen? And we finished with a picture of a life that's been transformed by the Word in Psalm chapter 1. And in Psalm 1, in verse 1, it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Now, Psalm 1 gives us a picture of the outcome of somebody who will just delight in the law of the Lord. He says, number one, you're going to be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. And that means that you're going to have the provisions and resources you need to live a stable and to live a healthy life. Amen. And he says, you're going to yield uh, fruit in its season. And, and that means you're going to have a fruitful life. You know, fruit on a tree is an is a is an overflow of life of that plant. And you know, if you don't have enough life in you, you won't bear any fruit. But you know what? If you get into the Word, you're going to have enough life where you're going to start producing fruit in your life. Amen? How many of you would like to produce fruit? Amen? We all want a fruitful life. And then our leaves will not wither. That means that, hey, when you go through the trials and tribulations of life, you won't get discouraged and you won't get depressed, but you're going to continue to be able to hold your head up and make it through it. Amen? And then finally, whatever you do will prosper. Man, that's an incredible statement. Now, you know, as we said last week, I don't mean you you can go be a, a, you know, a heathen and act like a, you know, a legion of devils and God will bless you. No, as long as you're doing the will of God, God's going to bless you as you serve Him. Amen? How many of you like to be blessed in all that you do? And that's the promise of Psalm 1, is we can live a blessed life. Isn't that exciting, saints of God? That we don't have to live a molly grub, defeated, discouraged, down and out kind of life, but... Praise be to God, we can live a victorious, blessed life. Amen? 
Now, you know, with this promise in Psalm 1, you know, the question is, you know, if, if God promises a blessed and prosperous life, why so many Christians living defeated or, or empty lives? Why are they living so discouraged? Well, it could be that the problem is that they're not meeting the conditions of, of Psalm chapter 1. You know, you know it's, our, it's our tendency. We want to look for the good things of the Bible. It's kind of like, you know, we want to get the dessert before we eat our salad kind of thing. How many of you know, you know, like, let me... Let me say about myself, I'm selfish. I'm selfish, and, and I want, it's all about me. How about you? Say, don't be talking about me like that. It's true, isn't it? Our nature is we're selfish, and we want to pull out, you know, just the good things out of the Word of God. I'm blessed. I want that, man. Whoo, give me a whole serving of that. I want to be blessed. But, you know, if you look closer at Psalm 1, there's some conditions that you've got to meet. Before you will experience that blessing that Psalm 1 promises. Amen? And so Psalm 1 gives us conditions to being blessed by the Word of God. And so I want to look at those with you for just a little bit. The condition number one is you have to watch where you get your advice from. You get your, how many of you know you got to watch where you get advice because some advice is not good advice? Amen? And, and you know, where do you get your advice from? From wise, mature Christian believers or from backslidden, lost heathens? So well, don't be so judgmental. Well, it's true. I, I know what a lost heathen is like. I, I tried that out for many years. You know, but listen, if you want to be blessed by the Bible, then you've got to get your advice from people that know the Bible and that will give you Bible advice. Does that make sense? And so that's what he says in Psalm 1. He says, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The second condition is that you stand in the path or you, or you don't stand in the path of the wicked. You can't stand in the path of the wicked means, you know, you can't live the same lifestyle as the wicked do. How many of you know that's not the way you've got to live your life? You know, because listen, if you stand in the path of the wicked, you know what it'll do? That, that lifestyle will cancel out the positive effects that the Bible will have on your life. You know, you have a little bowl of Cheerios here on Sunday morning, but then you feast on the world in ungodly ways for the rest of the week. The, the feast is going to win out the bowl of Cheerios. Come on, are y'all with me out there? You know, Galatians 6 and 7 says, Don't be food, you cannot cheat God. People harvest only what they plant. If they plant to satisfy their sinful selves, their sinful selves will bring them ruin. But if they plant to please the Spirit, they will receive eternal life from the Spirit. Amen? So he said, hey, if you want to be like a tree firmly planted out like by the streams of water, you want to get out of that desert life, that barren life, that empty life, that discouraged life, then you've got to get your advice from godly people and you don't live the lifestyle of the wicked. Live an upright life life. Amen. And then condition number three, he said, you can't sit in the seat of the scoffers. You know, they got people that scoff at God and they, they back, they, you know, they criticize the church. They criticize Christians and they call themselves Christians. Hey, how many of you know that the church is the bride of Christ? And you know, for me, if you're going to criticize my bride, I don't like it. And so don't be criticizing God's bride. He might not like it. Hello, I know, I know, the bride ain't perfect, but neither are you. Amen, we're all in the same boat here, right? And so what I encourage you is don't hang around those that, you know, mock Christians, mock Christianity, talk bad about church and, and all that stuff. 
stay clear from them. Amen? Because they'll influence you in a negative way and cause you to disobey God's Word. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. I can tell you I learned this firsthand. I know this to be true right here. Amen? And so now, that's three things that a man of God that wants to be blessed doesn't do. That's the negative. Now he gives us the positives. Now these are two things that you should do. Number, condition number four, you have to delight in the law of the Lord. Delight. But his delight, verse two, is in the law of the Lord. Delight means to find pleasure in, spend time with God's word. It means to have a great affection and desire for. You know, and listen, we need to move beyond just liking the Bible. We need to fall in love with the Bible. Amen. We need to get a hunger for God. We need to be, have a, an appetite for the word of God. Well, how do you know when you're, del- you're really delighting in God's word? Well, Psalm 119. Can I encourage you to read Psalm 119? There's all kinds of great truths about the word. You'll see the law of the Lord, the precepts of God, and you'll read that in Psalm 19. It's, it's, I think it might be the longest chapter of the Bible, but it's full of all kinds of things about the word. But listen, you know you delight in God's Word if, number one, you're careful not to forget or neglect God's Word. And that's what Psalm 119.16 says, I shall delight in your statues and I shall not forget your Word. It means that you put effort not in just reading the Bible, but doing the Bible. You know, living the Bible. You know, how many of you know that makes a difference right there? You, you know, you know that you, you delight in the Bible whenever you're ready to do what it says. And then number two, you know you delight in God's words if you develop an appetite that's greater than your appetite for natural food. The psalmist said in 103, Psalm 119, how sweet your words taste to me. They're sweeter than honey. Job said in 2312, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. Now look, I don't know, I'm sure you much like me. After I miss a couple of meals, I'm looking for some groceries. I mean, I'm like, you know, where is the food? I mean, I'll, I'll just go, I'll go make a special trip to get me some food. And he's saying, I have that kind of appetite for the Word of God. Like if I miss a, a meal, I, I got I to get some food, man. And that's what he's saying. He had, a, he had a craving for the Word of God. You know you delight in God's Word if you're willing to sacrifice sleep to get some time to read His Word. You know, we do what we really think is important, right? And we'll get up early to do what we think is important. And the psalmist said in 147, Psalm 119, I wake up early in the morning and I cry out. I hope in your Word. I stay awake all night so I can think about your promises. You know, you know you're delighting in the Word of God when you're willing to pull up, put up your, your alarm clock 15 minutes earlier than you need to get up so you can get up to read the Bible before you go to work. Now you know you got an appetite for the Word of God. Amen? Whenever you're willing to just, you know, before you go to bed, turn off the lights, turn, I mean, turn off the TV and get by yourself and get in the Word of God. You know, well, you know you've delighted in the Word of God when you're willing to lose sleep. How many of you like sleep? Man, sleep is good, isn't it? But that's when you know you've got an appetite for the Word, when you're willing to get up early in the morning just to get the Word of God in your life. Did you know if you spend 15 minutes a day, you can read through the Bible in a year? 15 minutes a day. Now the problem is when you miss a day, now you've got to spend 30 minutes. That's why you can't get in bondage in reading the, book, the Bible through in a year. You know, don't speed read and get nothing out of it. Just take your time and just get through it. Amen? 
But, you know, it's just a point to say, you know, 15 minutes a day, you can read through the whole Bible, read through Psalms twice in one year, 15 minutes a day. And so we need to make a priority of the Word of God. You know you're delighting in God's Word if you value His Word, if your, wor- your value for His Word is greater than money or financial success. Psalm 119 and 72, the psalmist said, Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. Now listen, you know, I just had this thought. You know, if somebody, if somebody presented you two things, a Bible and $1,000, which one would you go for? You know, well, I, I'm going to confess, I'd probably lean towards that $1,000, right? But you know what? The psalmist is saying, man, I love the Word so much that I would pass up that $1,000 to get the Bible. He had an appetite for the Word of God. So you see, the condition is that you don't hang out with the sinners, you don't sit in the seat of the scoffers, you don't get counsel from the ungodly, but your delight is in the law of the Lord. You hunger for God. That's the man or woman of God whose life comes out of the desert and gets planted by the streams of water. And then the final condition he said, is the fifth and final condition to be blessed by the Bible is to meditate in His law day and night. And that's what verse 2 says. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law, He meditates day and night. Meditate means to ponder, to study, to think about over and over again. And you know, the picture is the cow chewing the cud, you know, and they, they got multiple stomachs, and they, you know, eat some grass, and then they swallow it, and it goes through the stomachs, and then they, they throw up, they regurgitate it, And they chew it some more. Sounds gross, doesn't it? But they get all the nourishment out of it. And meditating is whenever you take time to just... Now, what's the Bible say? What's it saying there? Who who gets blessed? What, What must they do? How do you do that? Let me think about that. That's meditating. See, that's more than just reading, you know, a chapter so you can draw a line through your little box. Josh 1 and 8 says, Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, he said you got to be careful. You know, the only way we're, we're going to do what the Bible says is we got to know what it says. Amen? we got to know what it requires of us. And, and, you know, the reason some of us don't experience the promise of someone is because we're not meeting the conditions. But if we'll focus on meeting the conditions, I have great confidence that we're going to experience the provision of it, the promise of it. Amen? That everything that we do that's pleasing to God will prosper when we apply the Word of God to our life. How many of you believe that today? All right, now God's Word has the power to change your life. You know, I think about this. I think about stories right here in this church. People that came stumbling in here. People whose lives were messed up. Their marriage is about to end in ruin. Their children just everywhere. Their finances crazy. They're just, you know, overcome by, by strongholds and stuff. And then they get into the Word of God and they start obeying and following the Word of God. And all of a sudden, their life turns around, their life changes. And you look at their life two years later and and people say, what has happened to them? Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How How many of you, your grandma said that about you? Or your aunt said, what's the matter with John? He's different now. The Bible transforms your life, amen? 
And so how does, how exactly does the Bible transform your life? Well, you know, the Bible uses these metaphors to, uh, to help us understand the functions of the Word of God. You know, how the, how the Word of God works in our life. And so we're going to look at some of these metaphors just to kind of help us understand how the Word of God will take you out of the desert life and plant you in a life that is full of, of the Spirit and the presence and the grace of God. Amen? The first uh, the first function of the Word of God in the Bible is a sword. How many of you know that? The Bible's a sword. You can't tell that. You know, it's not shaped like a sword in the natural, but the Bible calls it a sword. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, the Word of God is alive and it's powerful. How many of you know the Word? It's powerful and it's sharper. It's the sh- and sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know the Word of God is called a sword because it's piercing ability, because it's dividing ability. How many of you know the Word of God can pierce and it can divide? It can pierce the darkness, amen? And so it has the ability to separate our innermost thoughts and desires in, in, in Ephesians 6 and 7, in the armor of God, the Bible calls the, the word the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How many of you know the Bible is a spiritual sword, and it has the ability to produce spiritual outcomes? It will affect your life spiritually, amen? Unlike any kind of novel that you ever read, or any kind of self-help book that you ever read, the Bible has the ability to give you spiritual benefit, amen? You know what it does? It separates our fleshly desires from our spiritual and godly desires. How many of you know sometimes we got wrong desires, wrong motives, even while we're praying? Sometimes we don't get our answers prayer, our, our prayers, our prayers answered because we got the wrong motives. God's like, man, if I'd answer your prayers, you would kill yourself. I mean, you would, you would just like intoxicate yourself with the blessings that you're asking for. And so, you know, our motives have to be right. How many of you know that? And so that's what James said, James 4, 3. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motive so that you can spend it on your pleasures. So, well, the question is, how do I know if I'm praying the right thing? The Word of God? The Bible will help you. And sometimes our prayers are motivated by wrong desires. You know what I was thinking about this? I remember there was a time where it seemed like I couldn't get off of this page. God, I pray for more anointing in my life, more of your power, more of your, your, your miraculous help, Lord. Lord, when I pray for people, I want them to fall out. I want, you know, I want them to just cry, you know, you know those things. And then I'm, so I'm praying, and Lord, I mean, that sounds like a pretty decent prayer, doesn't it? Lord, I want to build your kingdom, and yada, 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 yada. And then the word, the sword of the Spirit. And then I come across this verse, Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Lawlessness. Whoa. And you know, through that, the Lord revealed, what's your purpose for wanting more spiritual authority? So you can be the big man on campus? So you can walk around with your chest out like you somebody special? Your motive is all wrong. Oh, man. Have you ever been convicted by the sword like that? I mean, the sword will mess you up. It'll, it'll reveal your motives and say, what's your whole motive for that? 
Why you want to give that anyway? So everybody can pat you on the back and say, oh, look how good they are. The Bible has the ability to show me when my motives are wrong. And so, man, I, I realized at that point, I need to change my prayer. Lord, that I may know you. God, I, forget about all that. Lord, I want to know you. God, you know, I, I don't think you need me to do any miracles to build your kingdom. But God, may I know you. And may you not have to say, depart from me, I don't know you. The Bible will help you see what's really going on inside of you. It's the sword, isn't it? The second function of God's Word, it's a mirror. And uh, one of the issues of our life is, uh, is not having the ability to see ourselves like we should. And we lie to ourselves. How many of you ever found yourself lying to yourself? You know, or heard yourself lying to yourself? How's everything going? Good? And <laughs> you, I mean, you ain't good. I mean, you're about to jump off the cliff, man. That's not good. But you know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Deceitful means sometimes we have sin or flaws in our character that we can't even see. It's like we hide it from ourselves. And so, you know, and those sins or flaws, how many of you know, those are the things that hinder us from getting blessed by God. You know, it's like, man, our character has to be, you know, God has to be able to trust us to give us His blessings or else we'll self-destruct. And so the question is, how are we going to know about that? Well, the Bible is like a mirror and it'll help you see those problems. And that's what James chapter 1 and 23 says, those who hear God's teaching and do nothing are like people who look at themselves in a mirror. The Bible is like a mirror. And when you look in the Word of God, it's going to show you things. How many of you know that mirrors by design reveal things in your life that you can't see on your own? You look in a mirror and you see pimples. You know, you see blemishes. You see blind spots. You know, you didn't know your hair was sticking out in the back and you look in the mirror, it's like, whoa, you know, let's tame that baby down. You know, and sometimes you look in the mirror and you'll see you got this great big old honking booger on your face. And you're like, oh man, isn't that gross? But you know, a mirror reflects back to us the truth of what we really look like. Amen? The mirror don't lie. Amen? Unless there's what you call one of those things that you draw on the mirror, you know... What you see is who you are. The mirror don't lie. And the Bible does the same thing. The Bible reflects back to us what we really look like from God's perspective. And so the Bible reveal what we can't see on our own. The flaws, the spiritual pimples, the blind spots, the character issues where nobody else will tell us, where nobody else will say anything. I mean, some of them have that gift of that, but most part, you know, we won't listen to them. But you know what? The Bible will be that mirror that we can look at. And it's like, get rid of those things that are hindering us and keeping us from going where we want to go. Amen? That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Amen. Aren't you glad for mirrors? Like, whoo, man, I'm glad I saw that. You know, oh, man, give me some Kleenex. I need to get rid of that. I mean, a mirror is a blessing, isn't it? God's word is a blessing, too. So some of us might be walking around with issues in our life that we can't see because we're not looking in the mirror. We need to look in the mirror. 
Okay, now the third function of God's Word is the Bible is like water. In, in Ephesians 5 and 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the Word. Now, how many of you know that we all need a bath? You know, if I don't have a bathroom while Tanya and Olivia remind me. Man, when's the last time you had a bath? You know, you live your life and you put a glass of water on the table and clean glass of water. It can be distilled water and you leave it there for a few days and it's going to be dirty. Just sitting there because the contaminants in the air and just dirty the water. You know, life is the same way. You just live your life and it contaminates you. There's toxic things that just, you know, get you dirty. And we need to wash. We need a spiritual bath. Amen? So we smell better. How many of you know when you take a bath, you never look better and fresher than after you got out the bathtub? Man, you're clean. You, I mean, you know, your hair's, you know, glistering. I mean, you got some, you know what I mean? And spiritually speaking, whenever you allow the Word to wash you, you'll never look better. You never look better than after you've been cleansed by the washing of the water of the Word. Amen? And so the Bible, thank God that He don't just show us the junk in our life through the mirror or through His sword, like, whoo, that's flesh right over there. Thank God for the water that will cleanse it out of our life. Purify our hearts. Come on, are you all with me out there? Amen. So the Scripture cleanses your soul. Jesus said in John 17, 17, whenever He prayed, He prayed to the Father and He said, Make them pure and holy through teaching them your words of truth. How many of you know the truth will cleanse you? Amen? And so I, you know, I'm thinking about how many times the Scripture has cleansed me. Like this verse in Romans 12, 17. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That's, that's helped me out right there. Just when I was about to hit back, I remember that verse. Don't return evil for evil. And you had to, got to drop your stones. Right? How about this one? Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you, don't, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Oh, I need some forgiveness, Lord. Come on, are y'all with me? That'll cleanse you right there. It'll keep, it'll keep contaminants out of your life. And as you read the Bible, the Bible will wash out those things that are keeping you from, from staying by the streams of water. And that'll send you into the desert. See, the Word is our friend. It's a blessing, Amen. And then the fourth function of God's Word is the Bible is like a hammer. It'll break things. You know, and sometimes we have strongholds in our life that keep us from moving forward with the Lord. You know, a stronghold is a mindset or a belief system that is contrary to the Word of God. And you know, a lot of times, you know, we get all messed up because we're believing lies. And if we will just submit our lies to the Word of God, we'll be set free. A stronghold keeps us in prison and in bondage. But the Bible has the ability to break that stronghold. To break that, that, that tough lie that's holding us bound. You know, I remember 
You know, just recently, I just think about these things because I see them in operation every day. But, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we had this baptism here, and it was just a powerful time. And one of the young ladies, you know, she shared with us, you know, in, in one of the classes that, you know, she didn't believe she was worthy of God's love. She deserved God's love because she had uh, committed a sin back there, you know, a number of years ago, and she didn't feel like there was any kind of grace to, to be released from that. How many of you know that's a, that's a stronghold? How many of you believe that she can be free from that? Amen. And so we said, no, 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 listen. God forgives. If He did, none of us would be deserving in here. Thank God for His forgiveness. And you know what? She was holding that lie, was keeping her from moving forward with God, from growing with God. But you know what? Whenever that lie got exposed to the hammer of the Word of God, that lie broke in her life, and she got liberated and set free. Amen. How many of you know that happens over and over again, time after time after time? The Word of God is like a hammer. And you know a hammer? You know, listen, you can have the hardest of rock, the strongest of of, of barriers, and you keep hitting, keep hitting, keep hitting. Some people believe lies because their mama said they didn't have any value. You know, they believe things that people told them way back when from a spouse or whatever, and they've hold, they, they believe that lie, and they've been in bondage to that lie, and they keep submitting themselves to the Word of God, and all of a sudden the Word of God breaks through and said, you are valuable. You are wonderfully made in the sight of God. God loves you. He cares about you. He's crazy about you. And all of a sudden, their life is released to a new level of living. Why? The hammer of the Word of God. The hammer of the Word of God. The hammer of the Word of God. The Word of God will break strongholds. Amen. Yes, it will. How many of you know your life can be totally transformed by the Word of God? Romans 12 and 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A fifth function of God's word is the Bible is like a fire. It's like a fire. Fire. How many of you like to have spiritual fire? You know, the opposite of being real religious and no life at all. You love God? Yeah. Yeah. How much you love God? A lot. How many of you glad where you ain't got to be cranked up to worship God on Sunday morning? Amen. You don't have to be, you don't, you don't have to, you know, get, uh, you know, manipulated to go to church on Sunday. You get up on your own. Except in a few teenagers that I'm thinking about. No, just kidding. Teenagers love God too. Amen. Aren't you glad we got so many great men and women of God, young people that just love Jesus? Amen. Isn't that great? Don't you wish you loved God when you were young like them? Just worshiping God, abandoning to God. That blesses my socks off every time I see it. You know, but you know, some of us need passion for life. We've lost passion. We have no enthusiasm. We have no excitement. Our life is dull. It's bland. It's just, it needs, it needs something. Well, how many of you know the Word of God can ignite fresh passion in your life? Jeremiah 29, or 23, 29, says, Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? You know, whenever I think of that, the fire of God's word will ignite a fresh passion and excitement and enthusiasm in your life. Amen? 
I mean, you don't have, you know, it's not like you won the lotto or something. You got reason to get so excited. But for some reason, all of a sudden now, you got this smile you can't take off your face. You got this gusto about life that when you walk in the place, you're just like excited to be there. Amen. You ever walked in your place and you said, is this a funeral home? Why is everybody so down and out, man? Isn't it good when you walk in a place and it's full of life? How many of you would like to be the one that brings the life to the party, amen? The Word of God. Listen, we don't realize it, but the Bible says that the Word of God is living and it's full of life and power. You see, it's, it's like you don't realize it. You don't know it. But do you know, again, the difference between this book and other books, this book has the presence of God on it. And whenever I stick my face in this book, I am getting influenced by the Spirit and the anointing of God. Amen? I tell you, self-help books won't have that. The daily advertiser won't do that. Amen? But the Bible has a spirit of life in it. It's the life-given Spirit of God. And as you just put yourself in the Word of God, you know, listen, you might not know it overnight. You might not know it in the first week. But you keep reading the Word. You keep studying the Word. You keep listening to the Word. You, keep, you just keep just, just going over the Word and over the Word. Eventually, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to say, Man, I feel better than I have in a while. And there's no reason for it. You didn't get a raise at work. You know, it's not like your ship came in. There's no reason for it. But something is going on on the inside of you. And it's the life of the Word of God that is starting to take effect. The fire of the Word of God is beginning to burn in your life. Amen? And you'll have passion for life. Excitement for life. How many of you want that? How many of you want the fire? You know what? Listen, the fire of God's Word will burn discouragement out of your life. The fire of God's Word will burn depression out of your life. Amen? The fire of God's Word will burn all the junk that is trying to keep you and hold you down. You know, like we like that hot air balloon. You know, God's called us to, to, to be eagles, and we're like chickens in a chicken coop. But we got these weights holding us back. But when the fire of God's Word comes on the scene, it'll, it'll cut off all those weights holding us down, and we'll begin to soar like the eagles God created us to be. Amen? Y'all believe that today? Yes, amen. The Word of God. The greatest book ever written. Amen. The Bible has, these are not all the functions of the word. These are just some. But you know, the Bible says, how blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water. His leaves will not wither. He will bear fruit in its season. And whatever he does will prosper. Man, that's great. Isn't that a great song? Come on, how many of you receive that for yourself? I want to be blessed. I want my life to be changed. And that's the promise of the Word of God. And that's what we can have. But first of all, we got to dust off our Bibles. And we got to get into the Word. Amen? So I want to encourage you. If you're not you normally are used to reading the Bible, start. Don't beat yourself up about what you didn't do last year. Start today fresh. Amen? Start tomorrow morning. Say, tomorrow morning, I'm, I'm getting on the bandwagon. 
Read a chapter in Psalms, 31 of them, one for every day of the month. You know, start with John. Begin reading the Bible. If you used to read the Bible and you got away from it, get back in the Bible. Amen? I tell you, it's going to put oil in the wheels of your day. Amen? And your day is going to go better. Your week is going to go better. Amen? And listen, whenever you go through the trials and tribulations of life, you're going to just go, get over those bumps, like speed bumps. Boom, boom. And you're going to keep on cruising. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? Stand with me. Let's close in prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, we need a fire for God's Word. We need a hunger for God's word. Can you just agree with me right now and ask God, God, give us, ignite a passion in our heart. Ignite a fire in our heart. Come on, let's pray and ask God for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, ignite a fire in us. Lord, ignite a hunger in us, God. Give us a passion for your word. Give us a fire for your word. Lord, stir our hearts. Give us an appetite like we want, day, Lord, natural food, like we want... Lord, natural, Lord, food, give us that kind of desire for the Word of God. Lord, I pray today that, God, you would give us, Lord, the grace to be able to go fishing, God, where we can feed ourselves, Lord, where we can eat throughout the week and not just rely on one meal on Sunday. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would release your grace over us today. Praise you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. 